You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click Donate. Jesus' ethics, his ethic is not a capitalist ethic. In a capitalist system, the goal is simply to create capital. The game is won by those who are able to, to create the most capital and use it to create even more. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 226 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast, where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor might offer us today in our work of uh, survival, resistance, liberation, restoration, and transformation. Our feature text this week is Seng's Gospel Q 16 through 13. We're in our Q series. Uh, No one can serve two masters, for a person will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Our companion text are Matthew uh, 6.24. No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one, love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Luke 16.13. No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And Gospel of Thomas 47, 1 through 2, Jesus says, it is impossible for a person to mount two horses and to stretch two bows. It is impossible for a servant to serve two masters, else he will honor one and insult the other. Jesus taught a gospel that if we're honest, it was easy to hear for laborers who were weary and heavy laden, as we find in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. It was hard to hear and to practice for those who were rich, as we find in Matthew nineteen twenty-three. And when it came to, to, to God and money, Jesus's message was you can't serve both. And, and why was that? Because the God that Jesus envisioned, and he asked others to envision, was a God who caused the rain to fall and the sun to shine on everyone alike. Jesus cast a moral vision of a world where we don't compete with one another, but rather we cooperate with and we help one another. It's a world where People are valued uh, over and above profit and property, power and privilege. And Jesus' vision was of a world where where people take responsibility for taking care of one another. And and our resources are, are shared as we mutually aid each other. Jesus preached a a radical wealth redistribution from the haves to the have-nots. We find that in Matthew 19, 21. And 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 not everyone would be poor. The goal was equity for for no one to have too much, uh, while there were those who at the same time didn't have enough. And we we find this. This is one of the few places where we find Sang's Gospel Q quoted or not quoted, but at least hints of it referenced uh, by uh, the Apostle Paul in Second Corinthians eight thirteen. Um, Paul doesn't very rarely get into the t- actual teachings of Jesus, um, but this is one place where we find uh, the Q being echoed by Paul. The, the Jesus of Q didn't teach a, a, a contemplative path towards privatized peace of mind. He, he taught a distributively just path toward peace on earth, and, and, and on his path, we recognize the reality that we're in this together. We're, 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 we are not each 
our own. We're, we're not alone here. We're connected. We're, we, we belong to each other. We're, we're part of one another. And we not only share each other's fate, we are each other's fate. And a quotation that is often attributed to Gandhi is, the world has enough for everyone's need, but not enough for everyone's greed. And, and, and I think there's truth in that. Whenever we serve money, well, whenever we tried to hoard more than we could ever possibly need, most often someone somewhere will be going without or will be being exploited so that we can we can have that surplus. And you can't serve both the accumulation of money and God too, because the God Jesus was referring to is a God who tells us to take care of people, including those who would be exploited uh, for you to accumulate that wealth. And the bottom line is not our profit. It's people and taking care of people. That most often eats away at our profits. Jesus' ethics, his ethic is not a capitalist ethic. In a capitalist system, the goal is simply to create capital. The game is won by those who are able to, to create the most capital and use it to create even more. Just as in the game Monopoly, Jesus asks us to lift uh, instead all boats together. Uh, rather than lifting one or a few boats while others sink, his world is is not a, a closed-in, win-lose world, but a world that is win-win. We, we all thrive together, and, and no one is left out. Every person matters. E- even our, our competitors or our enemies um, are not disposable. And Edward Abbey, he defines growth purely for growth's sake, as an ideology of the cancer cell. Um, I'll put a reference to his statement in this week's e-site. And if he's right, this can mean that capitalism itself, this growth for growth's sake, where the goal is just to keep producing capital, um, is itself a, an economic cancer uh, for the globally poor as well as for our global environment. And I'll, I'll put a link to where others have have seen this too um, this week. Uh, the wealthiest capitalist countries on the planet, they also have the largest disparities of wealth and inequality uh, and all the harmful intrinsic results for society that those inequalities bring in the wake of that inequality. And I'll put a link to those statistics too. But, but in this week's saying, Jesus juxtaposed people and money. He, 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 he didn't teach that the way to help people is to make more money. He put the pursuit of wealth and the welfare of people in opposition with each other. And, and, and you can only, in, in his worldview, you can only pursue one or the other. You cannot do both. And this strikes at the core, I think, for, uh, of the difference between charity and justice. Uh, and to be clear, I don't want to be misunderstood this week, I think both charity and justice work are necessary. As retired Episcopal Bishop Gene Robinson, I think accurately stated, um, there, there's an old saying that the church is pretty good at pulling d- drowning people out of a river. You know, we're good at the charity thing, but we what we need to do is to walk back upstream and figure out who's throwing them in in the first place. And that's justice work. Charity is pulling someone out of the river that's drowning in front of you. That needs done. They're drowning right now. Pull them out. But justice work is actually walking upstream as well and asking who's throwing people in to begin with. And this week's saying, uh, uh, pursuing money in order to help people 
is brought into into focus, and we see that 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 approach often leaves the system, the exploitative system itself of acquiring uh, more. It leaves that system unchanged, unchallenged. Charity can be vital for the short term, but too often charity leaves systemic injustice unchallenged. It's kind of a band-aid solution. It's easy to feed the homeless without asking why people lose their homes to begin with. And our work, it has to go beyond charity. It has to include justice work. It has to include the work of challenging and disrupting and, and changing the systemic causes of injustice too. And when Jesus says you can't serve God in money, I hear him saying that you can't put people first and keep seeking to advance in a system that pushes people down the line in your priorities. It, you can't serve a system that places that that deprioritizes people while at the same time putting people first. People matter. Poor and working class people matter. Black people matter. Women matter. Latinx people matter. Native people matter. Uh, Arab people matter. Asian people matter. Muslim people matter. Uh, immigrant communities matter. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, gender nonconforming people matter. In Jesus' social vision, it's money or it's people. And we have to make a choice. And, and even those who, who, who give money are making a choice in that moment to, to put people over the, uh, holding on to that money. And this month in, in Renewed Heart Ministries' annual reading course, we're reading uh, James M. Robinson's his book, The Gospel of Jesus. And in this volume, Robinson is endeavoring to rediscover what could have been the first gospel that the first Jesus followers might have heard from Jesus himself. And this passage that I'm going to read to you, it is rather lengthy, it's long, and I know it's easy to, to get lost when, when people read long passages, but, but it relates to our saying this week. So just bear with me. This is from uh, uh, James Robinson's book, The Gospel of Jesus, A Historical Search for the Original Good News. By using the kingdom of God, Jesus puts his ideal for society in an antithetical relation both to other political and social systems and to individual self-interest looking out for number one. The human dilemma is, in large part, that we are each other's fate. We become the tool of, uh, of evil that ruins another person as we look out for ourselves, having long abandoned any youthful idealism we might once have cherished. But if, if we each would cease and desist from pushing the other down to keep ourselves up, then the vicious cycle would be broken. Society would become mutually supportive rather than self-destructive. This is what Jesus was up to. Jesus' message was simple, for he wanted to cut straight through to the point, trust God to look out for you by providing people who will care for you and listen to him when he calls you to provide for them. God is somebody you can trust, so give it a try. Jesus found his role models for such godly living in the world of nature, the nature around him. Ravens and lilies do not seem to focus their attention on satisfying their own needs in order to, th to, to survive, yet God sees to it that they prosper. Sparrows are sold a dime a dozen, and one might say, who cares? God cares, even about the tiniest things. He knows exactly how many hairs are on your head, so God will not give you a stone when you ask for bread or snake when asked for fish. 
but he can be counted on to give what you really need. You can trust him to know that you need what you need even before you ask. This utopian vision of, of a caring God was the core of what Jesus had to say and what he himself put into practice. It was both good news and reassurance that in your actual experience, good would happen to mitigate your plight. And the call upon you to do the same good toward others in actual practice. This radical trust in and responsiveness to God is what makes society function as God's society. This was, for Jesus, what faith and discipleship were all about. As a result, nothing else had the right to claim any functional relationship to him. Put in language derived from his sayings, I am hungry because you hoard food. You're cold because I hoard clothing. Our dilemma is that we all hoard supplies in our backpacks and put our trust in our wallets. Such security should be replaced by God reigning, which means both what I trust God to do to advocate, to activate, sorry, to activate you to share food with me, and what I hear God telling me to do to activate me to share clothes with you. Should not we should not carry money while bypassing the poor or wear a backpack with extra clothes and food while ignoring the cold and hungry lying in the gutter. This is why the beggars, the hungry, the depressed are fortunate. God, that is those in whom God rules, those who hearken to God, will care for them. The needy are called upon to trust that God's reigning is for them. So there's a mutuality in this. There's a there's an exchange in this. Each one of us um, uh, uh, is is trusting that God will send somebody to take care of us uh, tomorrow, so that we can be somebody who takes care of someone else, uh, or the person that takes care of someone else today. And I agree with Robinson. Jesus's vision, again, for the world was one where where people took care of people. It, it was a call not to rest your peace of mind about the future in your own hoarded wealth. Jesus called his followers to build a community where we trust God, again, to send people who take care of us if we come into into a place of need, and also to trust God enough to be the one that God is sending today to take care of those among us who are in need right now. Sings Gospel Q this week, 1613, no one can serve two masters, for a person will either hate one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Mammon. Heart group application. Uh, this week, I want you to do something out of out of the ordinary, something a little different than than most heart group applications. Monopoly is a game that was created in 1903 as a kind of a fun way, quote unquote, fun to demonstrate the benefits of an economy that rewards wealth creation and and the pursuit of capital. A little caveat here, my wife actually detests the game Monopoly, and, and I'm not a fan of it either, but I want you to do something a little different this week. Number one, I want you to get a version of this game, doesn't matter which version it is, and as a heart group, I want you to sit down and play the game for only 30 minutes. Just play it for 30 minutes, a half an hour. And at the 30 minute mark, I want you to change the rules. Take Jesus' teachings on, on mutual aid, on resource sharing and wealth redistribution, and try to play the game now based on these teachings. And then number three, take note, what challenges do you run into 
with those new rules? And how do you overcome those challenges? How does the goal of the game change? And, and can you change the rules enough so that everyone sitting around that is it possible that everyone sitting around the table thrives together and, and, and share number four, share what jumps out most to you by this exercise and have fun with it um, with the rest of the group this week. For all of you listening, thanks for checking in with us this week. Remember, we're in this together. You're not alone. Uh, we're connected. We belong to each other. You know, we're part of one another. And we not only, again, share each other's fate, but we, we are each other's fate. It's not just about peace of mind. It's a, a distributively just path towards peace on earth. And, and to those who are supporting our work here at Renewed Heart Ministries, I want to say a special thank you to you this week also. In a couple weeks, I'll be in Arizona for a weekend of, of presentations, and then I'll be off to, to Canada for another weekend as well. And each of these events depends on your contributions to us. So your support, it enables us to, to exist and to, and to keep being a positive voice for change in our world today. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And together, I believe we really are making a difference. And if you, you, you've benefited from Renewed Heart Ministries and, and you'd like to support our ongoing work, um, you, you'd like to become one of our supporters, you can make a either a one-time gift or you can become one of our regular monthly supporters by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com, clicking on the donate link. You can go to our bit.ly link, uh, R uh, forward slash RHM support at the bit.ly site, or you can mail your contributions to Renewed Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 1211, Lewisburg, West Virginia, 24901, and, and any amount helps. Keep living in love and keep following Jesus in the work of, of survival, resistance, liberation, restoration, and transformation. Till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns. Remember, we're working together to, 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 to shape a world that is just, that is safe, and that's a compassionate home uh, for all of us. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.